Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, April 4, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We had what's called a down day. It's a pullback in the current uptrend. We talked last night about the fact that there's a lot of overhead resistance up in this zone. The market wasn't able to get to my next target per se, which is 415. And then we have the target from the head and shoulders pattern, the inverse head and shoulders pattern, which is higher yet. Today was a down day. It wasn't a market reversal. It wasn't a change in trend. It wasn't a market collapse. It's called, and write this down, put it on a sticky note, a down day. Let's take a look at some important things about where the market went today and why. Now we've got a line on the screen at 407.45, and you can see that was pretty close to low of day. What's the significance of that number? And we do this one all the time. That was the most recent breakout area in the sequence. The market ran up here was summarily rejected, and once it got back to that place, it created its own breakout area by virtue of what? Yeah, breaking out above that place. So it has come back to test that place. Now, it didn't get too high away from that place, and let's talk about what happens if. What happens if they're below that place, for example, tomorrow? What's the next place? Everything happens in sequence. The market is like a set of stairs. It goes up the stairs and down the stairs, and it's reaching important points in between. So if she comes down below 407.45, what's the next major thing? Well, from a daily chart perspective, we have a breakup candle low. That's at 404.45. Now, what happens if... The market gets below 404.45. What's the next thing after that? Other than another test from above this 50-period moving average, you have the neckline of the inverse head and shoulders pattern. Now, if you haven't seen this one before, we'll do it again. Here's your left shoulder. Here's your head. And we've been talking about this one for almost a couple of weeks already, at least over a week. And here's your right shoulder. And once they break out above the next line, which she did, we know that the inverse head and shoulders pattern will remain valid and active as long as the market stays above the neckline. Coming back below and closing daily below that neckline, we take the inverse head and shoulders pattern off the table. Now, I also want you to notice something interesting. This is from the Technical School 101 stuff. It's just interesting, if nothing else. So the market was set up to have what's called an outside day. Not on any kind of volume. It was significantly less than the average volume. However, an outside day means that the high of today and low of day are outside of yesterday's high and low, and today's low and high was outside. However, they didn't close below yesterday's low. That's the interesting part. If they did, we could have said it was an engulfing candle and all that stuff, but the reality is it doesn't really matter. They just went up a lot of days in a row. It's just a down day. 
But what's interesting is, look where yesterday's low was. Happens to be at 408.44. Let's demark yesterday's low and go down to a small time frame at the end of the day to see what happened to close back above that price. And you can see here in the afternoon, they were beating on it quite a bit. Here and here, they tried to get above. Only in the last few minutes of the day were they able to jam the market to close inside or above yesterday's low. We can't say that does or doesn't mean anything leading into tomorrow. I just find it interesting price action, if nothing else. Everything the market does is based around a reason it's doing it. It's going somewhere. It's trying to accomplish something. It's headed somewhere. Not the other kind of reasons like, why was the market down? It was because of the Lupinacci vector and the Trump indictment and this, that, and the other thing. That's all nonsense. It's, for me, the market is always trying to achieve a specific place or a specific price or both. And I find it very telling that the market found it necessary to run up at the end of the day to close inside of yesterday's low. That on its face is somewhat of bullish behavior. Any money made today inside the numbers? The short answer is, you betcha. Some traders got one, some traders got two, some traders got three, some traders got four, which includes a stock on the move, which we'll circle back to later. You wake up in the morning and the band was continuing to play on, but in the back of our mind, we always know that it's turnaround Tuesday. If they were going to go higher, we had some targets on the upside. We didn't necessarily need those today. But what if they turned around and went down the other way? They were rising in the morning. But what happens on the flip around? Again, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart. You know the routine. The flip around, and if they conduct a shakeout operation, the first order of business, remember, this is at zero dark 30. The first order of business will be to run a test around 4.11 and likely a spike of it. Fair enough. Let's see what else we have as the day begins to materialize. 8.45, bit itchy this morning, saw the whole setup, wanted to get it on the board. What's the scoop today? They're headed somewhere this morning. We have a potential short or a potential long. Either way, depending on which way or where the market goes, we don't really care. We just want to make sure that we have the appropriate numbers on the board. Overhead resistance was going to be at 413.20. They didn't go up there. That was a target if they were going to rise. And then we had another place if needed. Didn't need it. If she pulls back towards 411, give or take, in the spirit of a shakeout operation, it's the area for a bounce back and rally. So we had two possible things on the board. If they ran up, there's a short. If they dropped them, there's a long. We don't care either way. 411 spike, that was the setup. And here it is. Let's narrow it down. 928. Looking to be a buyer around and under 411 down to around 410, give or take, for a bounce back in the other direction. 40960 is an important number. They may or may not reach it of note. Five-minute chart right of the vertical is today's activity. We think better in pictures. 411. 410, they came in between. The low over here was 410.45. Remember, spike 411 for a bounce back in the other direction. Where did the bounce back go? How about almost a 412? How do you like them apples? Plenty and plenty of participation 
in the live trading room and inside the numbers alike on the long trade with a spike of 4 or 11. Nice trade. We turn these into risk-free, emotionless trades, which means we take profit at what we call a scalp with potential. My scalps are not two or three points. My scalps are a minimum of five to seven points. We're not going to take a trade that can't give us that. So all trades have a minimum objective for the scalp portion, five to seven points or more. This one was what we call a quickie Whopper Jr. Some traders got 10, 12, 15 points, all kinds of points. By 9.34, nice rocket ride on Boeing. We'll get back to that later. As we're moving along, as you can see, 9.35, they're in the give or take camp in the showtime zone. Last line of defense, here's your zone. You can't ask for anything more. I'm giving you the whole kit and caboodle. Everything you needed to know for the trade, 12 minutes into the day, there it is. All set up before the opening bell. Nice trade. The scalp portion is over. Hold for a trailer. Never know how high. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. We're moving along. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. 1018. If they get below 41080, it opens the door for the spike the low and rip it back in the other direction routine. Now watch this. Pay attention. Get out your sticky notes. 4.10 even, give or take, would be a natural place. 4.0960 is still a line in the sand for the short-term uptrend, at least from an intraday perspective. And then we have a reminder for traders that were long from before, they're not permitted, traders are not permitted to let the remaining portion, that's the risk-free portion of the trade, go bad. You can buy it back lower if it gets stopped out, meaning at 4.10. So just to reiterate, 410 was the spike low, hit 410, bounce it back in the other direction. Kabish, what do we have here? Remember, that post was at 1018. At 1025, the low was 409.99. And then what happened? The rip it back up in the other direction for 10 S&P handles or a dollar in the SPY. Right back to what? The first number, 411. Funny how that works. Apples, how do you like them apples? Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. It's all in here. If you're an intraday trader, you're interested. If you're not, you're not. Ask yourself, is this information that I can use to my advantage during the trading day? How about this one? 407.25. How you doing? You can't make this up with a fiction writer. Do you think this is information that can help you out during the trading day? Stocks on the move, three on the board this morning. Boeing hit its objective, its entry target. K-Web and Billy did not. Remember, earnings season gets rolling in a couple of weeks. They will come fast and furious. Let's take a look at the chart of Boeing. Here are your numbers on the board for Boeing. 211.03 was the first one. They hit it in the first five-minute candle of the day. The low was 210.90. And then they had a rocket ride back up to a high of 213.91. They gave you significantly more than the minimum required base hit. A lot of participation in the live trading room with Boeing. Nice trade. Once they came back down, the trade is over. And then the second number, you see what happened. The second number worked even better than the first. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Thought I took that off yesterday. 
Not the same type of day for the SPY. IWM, by the way, is my favorite market-leading indicator, was down 1.73% today. That's not the same as the spiders down half a percent. Close right on top of slash underneath the 20-period moving average, which happens to be the last moving average in the line of defense. We talked about this one. We continue to talk about this one. It's not the same chart. It's a weak chart. It's telling us something. It's an indicator of things to come, not necessarily tomorrow, not necessarily next week. However, it may be. Remember the weekly chart. All they're doing is putting in a bearish, wedgish kind of thing underneath these moving averages after having a tremendous down candle, big time breakdown candle. This is not the same chart when you look at the SPY completely different. The IWM is, in fact, my favorite market-leading indicator, and it will stay that way until it doesn't. Put this on a sticky note. Much below 171 is a problem for any further bull case, bounce case, for Camp IWM. What about the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market-leading indicator, A number one, Canary in the coal mine. This was also down 1.79% against the SPY, down half a percent. This and the IWM were certainly leading in the downward direction. Much below 13.7, and it's going to be a screw job for the bulls. Weekly chart. Are they going to run a test of this weekly breakup candle low? Or are they going to give up that weekly breakup candle low, which opens the door for a whole new set of downside discussions. What about the Q people? Nothing doing here. They basically are just going sideways. Down one-third of 1%, 90 cents on a $319 or $20 stock is not a big deal. It's just a red day, down day, little tiny pullback. There's nothing going on. Look where this one is in relation to the IWM, the transports, There are divergences, and the divergences will have to eliminate themselves, meaning either the Qs and the spiders are going to come down and match the transports and the IWM, or vice versa. Either those two folks are going to have to turn around and have somewhat of a bull run. No change slash no trouble for the Q people. The financials, the XLF was down 1% today. Now, we know that the financials, or at least we believe, I believe, most of you believe that the financials, meaning the banks, specifically the regional banks and some of the others, are not necessarily, as we say, out of the woods. The Fed has backstopped some stuff, but that doesn't mean that the contagion isn't simmering under the covers. I'll hearken back to something that happened quite a long time ago and draw a comparison. So in 2007, and I don't remember the exact months and dates and stuff, but I think If I remember correctly, around March of 2007 is when the first issue with Bear Stearns, if you remember Bear Stearns, which was a stalwart on Wall Street, they had some hedge funds that were apparently exposed to some subprime mortgages, some higher credit risk mortgages, and they started to falter. It impacted Bear Stearns, and then they started sweeping it under the rug. But then what happened was the real contagion came out later. That was just the shot across the bow. 
Then Bear Stearns disappeared, and all that stuff happened. Lehman Brothers, all the financial crisis material things in 2008 followed later, but there was a shot across the bow that made you think, hey, is there more here, or did they really sweep it under the rug and we just move it along? Well, this is very similar in nature. A couple of banks fail, all of a sudden it looks like there's a rescue, looks like there's Fed intervention, but did they really clean up the problem? Is there more to come? I'm drawing the comparison to Bear Stearns. It's not the same, but it's the same concept in my mind. I suppose I'm just not convinced that the banking stuff is over, and I'm certainly not the only one. Smash Mouth, unlike the Qs, it did have a down day, 1.5%, but above all the moving averages, it's just a pullback in an existing uptrend. Nothing more, nothing less. You want to clear up some of the noise, you go to the weekly chart and you say, what's going on? Nothing. They just haven't got to the target yet. And the target is a minimum required target at 265.42. And same thing. I changed that back to 40 and then it changed back on me. Who's messing with my charts? How about gold, just to take a peek? Another big up day for gold. Now, if gold's going up, is there a reason that you can pin it on? Is it fear? Is it a banking contagion? Is it something having to do with a global geopolitical slash further war situation? It's interesting nonetheless. What I've been saying for a long, long time is gold is in a long-term uptrend, and that turns out to be correct. Here's a monthly chart, and you see I've connected the pivot high to the lower high. Once we get up to this place over here, which is going to be about, depending on where we get there, if it's this month, 192 and change, 192, 30, 40, 50, something like that, that's going to present an interesting opportunity. Either they're going to bust through or get rejected at that place. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.